Welcome to another episode of the Tasting Bliss Podcast. This is your host, Gudden, with my sister here today, Avnees Semra. Avnees Semra majored in IO Psychology, and she's going to be, we're just having a, a normal conversation today, free flow, and see what topics come up, and um, Avneet, so tell us about yourself. Hi, Garn. Um, this is Avneet. Feeling slightly awkward, because it's my first time on a podcast, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like I'll say a lot of uh, cringy stuff, or I think you'll be fine. Not, yeah, yeah but you know, I, <laughs> I I talk a lot and I don't filter too much of it, so it kind of just comes out um, without too much uh, thought put into it. Sometimes, um, so if I start rambling or if I start saying a lot of things that don't make sense, hey. don't hate me for it because I probably <laughs> will hate myself for it when I listen. It's free flow. Let's see what happens. Let's That's see what enough. comes up. And um, so t- tell us about yourself. What are some of your interests? What are some things that you enjoy doing? Some passions of yours? Yes. My interests, um, I do have a lot of interests. Um, I like to get my foot in a little bit of everything, try to experience new new things, um, new places, new hobbies all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely like to, you know, like to travel, like to read, dance, paint, things like that. Um, anything that I feel like gets the creativity flowing, makes me feel mm. productive, makes me feel passionate about something, or just makes me feel like I'm having a good time in life, you know? Mm. I like to I like to you know, admire the small things in life and just find anything that kind of brings joy. So I do like I like to stay versatile. I like to gain as much experience, even in like these sort of little things, as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely do enjoy a lot of stuff in life so I feel like I'm always doing the most random things mm. um, and I have a lot of random passions and hobbies but I think that's the beauty of life like there's so much to learn and so much out there that you can like you can just like read a book get lost in a different world right mm. you could travel to a different world and gain mm-hmm. a whole new experience there mm-hmm. um, or you can just you can you can go for a walk and you know with a different perspective look at life in a different way and it kind of opens your mind like there's just it's there's just so much opportunity out there to well, experience yeah, something new. Experiences. What are yeah. some books you've been reading as of late? Some books. Um, I've been reading a lot of like novels, uh, like rom commy stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy those. Um, I have a lot of, I have a lot of books on my shelf that I still need to get through. My shelf keeps growing and there's no space. There's a lot of um, psychology books, a lot of self-help books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't gotten to reading too many of them like this year, just because. I kind of want to break from like too much heaviness on the brain, like too much heavy brain work. So I've been reading like the easier stuff, the stuff that I know has a happy ending doesn't force me to have to think too much. Um, So the, you know, those rom-com novels, those are really fun, really enjoyable for me. I feel like I get, you know, get lost in someone else's story and Mm. then you feel really good about it because you know, there's a happy ending, you know, people are happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the, the self-growth, self-help books, psychology books, I really do enjoy those as well because they help us understand ourselves and each other a little bit better mm-hmm. what would you say is your favorite book of all time my favorite book of all time yes well I have... like a, a book that moves you the most yeah i think if anybody knows me they know what book this is Which one? um can you guess it no wait <laughs> uh, ah <can't>. disappointing <laughs> <laughs> which book is it you don't know what book it is the quote from this book our fellow listeners the quote from this book has only been on like my past eight birthday cakes, I'll say. Uh, 
remember. The Kite Runner. The Kite Runner? Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, 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 okay. Which is a book that I also very much enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Very good book. Emotional. Very good book. It's an amazing book. I did a research paper on it um, in high school. I don't even remember what grade I was in, maybe junior or a senior. Um, I did a research paper on it, so I really, like, dove deep into the book and, like, really, like, wrote a whole essay on, like, the deeper meanings of the book, and it really mm. opened my eyes to the deeper meanings of the book. Deeper meaning? This is what this podcast is about, <laughs> so please share. I can't, I can't say I remember everything, um, everything in that book, uh, like, or um, everything that moved me at this moment, but I know, like, there was that quote, um, for you a thousand times over. Mm. And that was my most favorite thing in the world at that time. So favorite that my cousins and family, obviously not my brother, but my cousins <laughs> and family, uh, remembered that and put that quote on my birthday cake for like the next like eight I years. I did like, remember the quote, to be fair. To okay. Me, right? Uh huh. Tell and, I, and I was thinking maybe Kite Runner, but I was like, is it from like some Poober book? Because there's a Poober quote. Yeah, I, I, I do like Poober well. too. Yeah. Um, I do. What's that Poober quote that you like? There's a couple of them. There's like best friend ones. Isn't there one like where Piglet says something to Pooh? Yeah, like? it's like um, something like, uh, I never want to live a day without you. Mm. So it's like, if you live to be 100, I, I want to live to be like 99 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to ruin it by like um, putting different words into a quote, but that one is so cute. Or like Pooh Bear has a saying where he'll be like, oh, I think, I think it's like, he says it's a Piglet. Mm. or something and he's like well i'm with you so today's my favorite day or like mm. any day i'm with you is my new favorite day or whatever like those are so cute um Pooh Bear quotes will forever be my favorite as well yeah i actually got i need a, a new book it's called the Tao of Pooh. yeah which actually goes into how Pooh Bear has the energy that Pooh Bear brings is can be actually very worth emulating in life yeah and it's very free flow very must and like not worrying too much about yeah. things so I don't think she's gonna start it with it, but <laughs> I have not just yet. <laughs> I think Pooh Bear is a very interesting character. For sure. Yeah, I I think Garn is saying this because I'm literally sitting here wearing a Pooh Bear sweater, <laughs> <laughs> and he's on the topic of Pooh Bear now. When we read the Tao Pooh, we we'll, will discuss that. We'll discuss that as well. Yeah, because yeah. no Pooh Bear has a lot of life lessons. It's he's been my favorite character since I was like three years old, mm. and as I grow up, I'm like, wow, he is profound. Mm. He knows the true meaning of, in life, like. He's yeah. just happy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you know, if you guys come across any pooper like memes or little quotes and stuff, mm. just take a minute to read them. Yeah, I think pooper's cool because it's like he's always jolly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just like him and his little... enjoying the the simple things of life. Yeah, the honey, honey pot. That's, yeah, that's all he really yeah, that's needs. All he needs. You know, he needs his people. He needs his friends, and he needs his honey. Yeah. He's having a good time. That's sweet. That's yeah. Cute. But we were, we were talking about the kite runner. Yes. <laughs> Deep meaning kite runner. Deep, yeah. Go. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to go. <laughs> I just have Pooh you know, you're yeah. wearing that, that sweater. The sweater, so. yeah. And people are going to be like, what sweater is this? That what sweater wearing? is this? <laughs> Follow me on Instagram, guys. <laughs> You'll see my sweater. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> I want to be famous too. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Um, yeah, the kite runner. So the quote was like, for you a thousand times over. Mm. And that, that really moved me because it was, um, I don't want to ruin the book for anybody that like has wants to read the book after we talk about it but you know uh there's two two boys in the book who are basically like brothers um and they have a deep relationship and one is like the son of a rich rich man he lives in the house like you know in a big house he has everything that he could ask for and then the other one is like the servant's son um but the servant's son like really looks out for 
let's say the rich boy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he really looks out for him. He really cares about him deeply a lot. But the rich boy, as like you know, um, the stereotypical characters are portrayed, like the rich boy's like he's not thinking too much deeper in life right he's caught up in like why does my dad love me and like all this other stuff mm. um so he doesn't care for like the the servant boy as much um but the servant boy is like constantly like putting his like line on the life for the mm. rich boy right mm. um and the quote comes from there because he he would do anything for the rich boy like a thousand times over because mm. he really thinks of him as a brother mm. and that relationship was so deep like so intense mm-hmm. that it really it really was moving to see someone care about someone else so selflessly. Mm. And they're like young boys, right? Like they don't know, they're not grown. They don't know too much, but that relationship, um, it's just beautiful to read about. Would you say that was the part of the book that really like touched you? Yeah, definitely. There was another part too. Um, like I don't want to give away, but at the ending, there's like, um, there's like another quote where, you know, like, the rich boy is a grown adult and he's now um dealing with like a kid mm. not gonna give away too much like a kid right and he's um he's trying to develop a connection with the kid and then the kid is a little bit hard to get through but the kid like smiles at him mm. and then he was like you know like that smiles the first step like the first snowflake um during the winter weather like mm. it's the first and it, and he's like that's a step in the right direction right so those two moments were really moving because it was about like developing a connection with someone else. The first instance, like the boy, like would literally do anything for someone he thought of him, uh, thought of as his brother, um, and that's what like I like to see because it's just like pure human connection. Um, what we would do for someone we really care about. That's how I like to live life as well. Like really deeply care about people and do stuff for them selflessly. And then again, when like um, the rich boy's grown up, he's trying to selflessly obviously like with a kid it's usually selfless if mm. you're the adult and there's a kid there but then he's trying to form a similar connection with the kid and for him it's like oh he smiled at me like that was a big win for him mm-hmm. and it's like that's also so pure you know like someone smiles at you and mm. you feel like okay like i can do anything so you felt like the connections when that was in that book were very pure yeah and inspiring yeah yeah like there were flawed characters as well but like yeah the those those deeper connections that the characters had with each other it was very very touching and it was like you know this is this is what i i want to see in life Mm. this is what i would like to be a part of you know connections like that where selflessly like that like that's the word i have like selflessly the person is there for you Mm. they'll do anything for you even when like this was the servant boy right like he doesn't have much to his name he doesn't have much going for him but he'll still still do anything for another boy. I think like I, I think we talked about this before but like one thing about that book that like kind of really connected with, with me was like obviously there's some scenes in, the, in that book that are like kind of traumatic yeah. and you're like oh shit for someone to go through that yeah. and it was cool because sometimes when you read novels like you, your emotional kind of intelligence increases because mm-hmm. you can like experience what it must have been for that person to go through that mm-hmm. sometimes you see someone going through something you don't know exactly how yeah. it must have felt right or like what they're going through, but through like a novel and you're like kind of really experiencing a very intimate version of like their experience, you almost feel like you're there with them. Yeah. Or you're experiencing it with them, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I say this all the time. And you know, there's that like really popular quote that's like a reader has lived a thousand lives or whatever. Mm. And it's true. And I tell people all the time that people that I know that like to read a lot or have read a lot, they are the more emotionally intelligent people that I know mm. in my life. 
And it's because when we're reading stories about other people, we are opening ourselves up to different perspectives and different experiences that we would not be able to experience in our direct life, right? Because our experiences are limited to our circles um, and, and the situations we're in in life. If we're like, if I'm a rich kid, I don't have the experience of the poor servant child. I'm never going to know what that feels like, right? You can try to empathize um, and try to understand, but you're not going to know what it feels like. When you're reading a book, you are like, for the moment, you are that character. Character, Or you're reading all of their thoughts that they're going through. And you are completely seeing the situation from their side. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever the characters are present, you, you are invested in the story. And you are able to experience that, um, like from a first person perspective, almost. Yes. Um, and that that not only increases our emotional intelligence, like we are able to understand emotions, but when we're presented with like, if we are presented with similar situations in life, or we hear somebody else going through it, we are going to be that much more like understanding of the situation sympathetic yeah Uh, and we might also know how to deal with it right mm. like obviously i'm not gonna be like oh like the character did this in the book so let me do the same thing not like that but we might be like understanding because our mind is already open to that topic that perspective right so we already can understand what it might feel like to go through that situation or what somebody else in the other situation might be feeling Mm. and then we can work from there because yeah, I think sometimes when someone goes through something and they're not really expressing their emotions about it, you might just disregard them. Like, okay, yeah, yeah this happened, but it's in the past. They're not really expressing any sort of issue with it. Maybe it's it's done with, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, in, in a book, you can see someone's mental dialogue mm-hmm. of, of how, like, even though something happened, they're still thinking about that event, even though they're not sharing. Yep. Right? So, it opens you up to that, like, inner kind of feel of someone and what they're going through they can make you yeah. help you you know relate more or like understand someone more mm-hmm. help you in your real life and i think some of these books nowadays they do a really good job of like um focusing in on like how maybe a character's childhood trauma shows up later on in life mm. a lot of like if you're into psychology and you like understand it from that lens like mm-hmm. you you see that they're doing a good job of like portraying how like psychological like traumas and stuff do end up manifesting in different ways later on in life too Mm -hmm. just because like these authors might be taking things from like their life their life experiences um or from people they know and and turning it into a story but like these are true things that do happen in life and we see it play out with the characters and the same way like if you try to connect it to life you'll find a lot of similar connections um a lot of parallels because like it's it's so realistic most of the time right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unless you're reading like fantasy like that might not always be relatable but like these like like i'm saying like rom-commy stories like they do a good job of portraying why Mm. relationships don't work out why there's problems if someone has trauma in life and then they can't open up to their partner Mm. and then they're going through trouble whether it's in their marriage relationship or whatever and then they have a big obstacle they have to overcome and then it's a happy ending that's amazing to see but there's so much like truth in that and in the issues that like are portrayed in books Mm mm-hmm I feel like even if it is like a fantasy or a fictional character, the emotions are still the same. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, that yeah. a person's going through. And it can help you have like an... Also, I think I feel like having an outsider, third-person perspective on what like a person's going through can help you also reflect on your own emotions. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh shit, like this person's going through this. I went through this. But like when you're stuck in the emotion, it's different. different. When you see someone else going through it, and especially in the level of the book, it's different. You yeah. like can learn about it at a deeper level, and then be like, actually, okay, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Here, 
And maybe this is what I needed to, to do to shift. Cause, cause naturally you want to give advice to the person that you see, right? Like going yeah. through something. Say, oh, just do this. But it's like, but when we're in it, we get stuck in it. But you know, sometimes seeing that another person go through it can help you reflect. You know? Yeah. Or like sometimes I'm reading and it'll be a situation I haven't encountered yet, but I'll be like, what, what would I do if I was in this situation? Mm. And then you self reflect and then you, you either like, realize something about yourself right or like you decide something for yourself and sometimes you might be like wait i think i would do what the bad character in the book is doing Mm. right you're like oh that's not right because Mm -hmm. i don't agree with it right now i don't agree with the bad character doing it because you know morally Mm. i'm presented with like which character do i think is better, like better in the situation or more correct whatever Mm -hmm. um so then you make your decision but then it's like when i would if i'm in that person's shoes what would i be doing mm-hmm. and in that situation if you reflect on it that way then you make a decision for yourself and that's you setting yourself up for success mm-hmm. if you do come across something like that in the future it's like what would i do then yeah and and most likely like your unconscious mind will remember that decision you made while you were reading mm-hmm. and you were like this is probably what i would do yeah this is like a shift or look at it in a different way and not repeat what not this repeat. person's yeah. doing especially way. if you like disagree with it very yeah. like deeply right if if the book really moves you whether mm. you agree or disagree those those emotions that you felt while reading with the book are going to stick with you too mm-hmm. that emotion you felt of betrayal if a character is being betrayed um yeah. that emotion you felt of anger if you know something's happening in the book that you don't agree with yeah. those emotions are going to stick with you too and you're going to be like you know what like i rem- like i remember that and i don't yeah i don't want to experience it that way again or whatever and i, th- I think like let's say if, if like when we talk about betrayal or like cheating or like breaking someone's trust sometimes you do something like that mm-hmm. and you're not really sensitive to what they're going through but in, in a book you might also see the opposite side yep. and like okay this is what for sure that character is going through and if i do this in real life they're probably going to go through the same emotions same thing, and do I yeah. want them to go through that? Mm-hmm. You know, that sensitivity probably can definitely increase. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No, I, I was reading a book um, like last week in which it was like a married couple. They were like so in love and like everything was great. They didn't really have any problems. But then, like six or seven years into their marriage, um, they started having a lot of issues because they weren't able to have kids. Mm. So like the wife they still loved each other greatly. Like there was no other problem besides that, the fact that they couldn't have kids and the wife was like really taking it on herself right Mm -hmm. because she's like i can't reproduce as a woman like what is my purpose in life Mm -hmm. and then she's kind of thinking like oh maybe like my husband is better off without me and then there was like like a a disconnect between them because she she wouldn't want to like spend time with him because it always make her feel guilty for what she couldn't provide Mm -hmm. and the husband was trying to be there for her because he's like a really good guy but she kept pushing him away so one in that situation i was like oh like what would i do like Mm. and then that opens your mind like if you're six or seven years into like the best marriage like you could have Mm -hmm. but now you can't have kids it's like obviously in that moment that's gonna like take over your life a lot right Mm -hmm. but it's like if you reflect on it right now like what would i do if that happens to me you can kind of set yourself up and be like okay like just be strong from the start right like handle handle whatever comes but no like these are this is a possibility that this might happen to me but i don't want my marriage to fail because that happens to me right and then in the in the book um the guy does end up cheating on his wife Mm. but then you also see his perspective because he's like i tried and you literally you don't talk to me he's like Mm. i come home from work and you go inside and you pretend like you're sleeping already and he's like you're running away from me because of this one thing Mm. that you don't want to like talk about whatever right and then the girl in the book, because they love each other, like, she's very understanding, too. Like, she understands 
like why he did what he did and she was like yeah like it's my fault too mm. and they obviously overcome it which is great to see um but then you do see stuff like that like obviously as a woman like you're gonna have a lot of feelings about the situation but because she like pushed her husband away like he did get pushed away you know mm. like he did um like feel neglected wanted yeah. to feel loved yeah yeah he felt neglected a little yeah he did and he was saying like you know when he cheated he was like I, it's not because like i was so attracted to the other woman he's like it's because the other woman reminded me of you when oh, wow. you were in love with me yeah. like he's like yeah when like i was um when you know the like early start of our relationship he's like her mannerisms like the way she talked like it reminded me of you but like basically he was saying like you don't even remind me of you anymore mm. but like she did because this girl was like so closed off like she was just very like upset Mm-hmm. which is very understandable right yeah. but like it would just maybe reflect like what would i do in that situation because obviously when something like that happens to you you're going to be upset probably even depressed right but, but like six or seven years in and you're dealing with like the same problem for so many years mm-hmm. it's going to have like consequences if you just let yourself like Especially let yourself if you're, go if you're not able to accept that reality yeah right? so was she like communicating that with him in the book or she was just like internally yeah, it was mostly just internal. She was mm. internalizing it. They would just kind of stop talking. Like, they just, like, kind of ignored that topic. Mm. Um, and then it was, like, a lot of, like, her internal thoughts were, like, about that. Um, so she, like, kind of just felt really guilty. And um, she felt like she wasn't good enough. But she wasn't talking about that with him. And yeah. he was still, like, trying to, like, like stay positive. Like, by ignoring it, he was like, yeah, we're, we're fine, right? And he was kind of like, I love you the same way with or without kids. But, like, she didn't feel good enough with mm. or without kids, right? And honestly, at the end of the book, like, they didn't even get kids. Like, the situation got better, and they had their happy ending because she lived to accept it. Mm. Because she just had to deal with it, you know? It's interesting how just, like, sometimes the lack of communication, right? Yeah. And maybe if she, like, made herself vulnerable in front of him, like, this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. It could have made them even grow closer, closer yeah. to each other, like, you know? I think it was because, like, in the book, they were showing that was ongoing for so many years. Mm. So, in the beginning, like, yeah, they were, like, you know, going through it together, and they're, like, trying to go to the doctors and consider IVF or whatever. Um, and they're like exploring options together, but then they kind of just got tired of all the options because nothing was working. And then it was like, for how long can I keep like yeah, being yeah. sad about this? I guess because that also happens when you're sad. You're like, oh, I can't keep wallowing over the same thing again and again. Like people are gonna get mad at me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she stopped like talking about it, and her feelings about that situation were so strong that it was hard for her to speak about because it became so much more like guilt based and like mm-hmm. as a woman not yeah, being good enough. Yeah. It's also interesting, I guess, like from the, the perspective of the, uh, of the cheater, right? The person that is like, let's say, betraying trust in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Through the book, you see like a different perspective on okay, mm-hmm, yeah. there's something else that's going on here. It's not black and white. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's never yeah. black and white. But yeah, you see his perspective too, and he was re- like a really, really good guy, like perfect by all means, right? His wife knew that too, mm. but then he also like had a a moment, a, like a lapse in judgment, yeah. uh, which like he deeply regretted, obviously. But you see his side and you're like, well, he did that. He's not really a bad guy because his side is also portrayed, right? His wife understands that. Um, So it's like that one act didn't necessarily make him a bad guy either because he was the absolute perfect husband, Mm. absolute perfect, like, male to enter her life in a relation and, like, be in a relationship with. Um, It was, like, a perfect situation. But there's always, like, you know, ups and downs. It's interesting, though, like the, the, the level of depth they can get into mm-hmm. characters and, and things that you might like in normal life. You might see it like, oh, this is how could this person do this? Yeah. You know, how like this is probably such a, you know, evil, whatever, bad person. Yeah. 
but then even within like movies or like uh, books, you see kind of like the story behind someone, right? Mm-hmm. What led them to that moment? Yeah, and that's what, like it's crazy because you really, really, really do experience it mm-hmm. from their perspective too. Like I like you feel like you're in the situation, kind mm-hmm. of just like maybe like a ghost just hovering mm-hmm. around, but you feel yeah, like you're yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. And that's the other thing about reading, because when we watch movies, we also gain a lot of perspective. And we, like, you know, we might feel like we're there with them. But the thing with movies is, like, uh, it's kind of being, like, fed to us. Mm. Like, we're only using our eyes, right? Yeah. And everything is there in front of us. We mm. just take it in. But with books, is like, you really need to actively use your brain mm. to, like, use your imagination and give the characters faces. Imagine them sitting together in their kitchen. Imagine them having an argument. Like, you, it's active work. Mm. You have to actively use your brain to pull all the pieces of the novel together. And that makes you feel like you're more like more intensely part of it part if of that it. makes sense right do you feel that like th- through books especially when like you're hearing like the mental dialogue do you feel like it's more intimate than like a, a movie because sometimes like the mental dialogue isn't as intimate definitely yeah. i think books are definitely more intimate than movies because like i said like you have to do all the work yourself to imagine mm. it like your brain is very into it Whereas, like, movies, like, yeah, like, you're just watching it, it's there, the characters already have faces, a lot of it's already laid out for you, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is also, like, it, that's a good thing, I'm not, like, shaming there's movies. Yeah, 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 there's, like, you know, like, that's also a good experience. For sure. Um, and, like, maybe books have other other benefits where you can, like, look at other details in a different way, in a different light, because you're not focusing on, like, giving the characters a face. Mm-hmm. But with, with books, I feel like because I have to put it together in my mind, I'm like, okay, like... like this is the situation this is if like they're in a kitchen and they're fighting and something breaks or falls or whatever like i have to imagine that in my head so it's like Mm. that much more serious because i'm imagining something slammed against the wall or whatever i think one thing like that's good about books definitely is like the fact that your imagination strength is enhanced right because you're like forced to kind of like visualize these things we don't use our imagination as much anymore especially if like people aren't doing any sort of creative work not painting not like being like a child because children are usually very imaginative creating their yeah. own stories right like acting as yeah. different characters <laughs> but now because even when as we're reading less books as like obviously people are still reading books but as, as a society yeah and the the images are already made for you you're not using that you're faculty not, yeah. of your mind as much anymore right but yeah. i think it's good to though to strengthen that and have access to that for sure i think even with you, sometimes you try to make me do, like, visualization techniques. And mm. I'm like, I can't visualize mm. it. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. How am I going to? It's hard, even for me. And I I like to do more, like, creative activities and stuff. But even for me, it's hard for me to, like, sit there and just close my eyes and just visualize stuff. Mm. I feel like my, my mind is, like, so cluttered that it doesn't come up for me. Mm. So when I read, I feel like I'm also, like, doing brain work. Mm. Like, I'm clearing out my mind. I'm focusing on one thing. That's the book. Yeah. I'm not allowing it to be cluttered by like all the other stimulus going on around me. Um, but like just just focus on the one thing and then train my brain to mm. visualize that one thing I'm reading about, that one thing I'm focusing on right now. And do you feel like your visualization is strong though when you're reading books? Yeah. When I'm reading books, yeah, I have no yeah. problem. I see. Yeah. Sometimes it's because the book has you really like focused, focused in. Focused, yeah. And yeah. it's really laying it out for me, yeah. what I have to imagine. What do you have to imagine yeah. instead of like, okay being distracted like okay or your mind is all over the place so what do i imagine what or- yeah the book like you know what the details the authors <coughs> write with like the scene of the house is laid out for you the scene of the backyard is laid out for you if they're in the backyard they'll usually be like yeah like red patio chairs like this mm. and that so then that makes it quite easy 
but yeah when i'm when i'm reading books on the imagination it's like vivid that i feel i'm right there and it's just like a, a spiritual point to put in which is like as we work on this stuff it can help us like on our spiritual path as well and even like if you want to visual like like even if you want to create stuff like you want to create uh like some sort of um, new technology right you can like mm-hmm. visualize it first in your mind sometimes it's there's things that you can do or access in your mind yeah. that might be hard for you to access in the physical. So you can yeah. practice certain things. You can practice if you're martial arts, you can practice certain techniques in your mind. But if you don't, if you don't have that muscle trained, yeah. it's gonna be hard for you to, you know, utilize that. Yeah, which makes me think maybe it'll be a good idea. Like if you are trying to visualize things, maybe it might be a good idea. A good idea to like write down exactly what you want to visualize and mm. then have those like words support you because when you're you know what they say about writing to when you're writing it's like you use your your hands to write mm. so like that's also connected to your brain and those words are are having more of an effect on your brain mm-hmm. so i feel like if like let's say you're working on a project you're like creating new technology like creating something new you can write down right like black black box red buttons or whatever write it down and then as you're writing it down it'll come together in your mind mm. and I, I just had that realization right now. I'm like, that's something I can do too if I'm having trouble with visualization techniques. True, true, true. For like spiritual um, practices. Yeah, spiritual practices and stuff. Like, if I'm having trouble, I can just write down what I'm trying to vi- visualize. To assist you. To assist, yeah. To because I feel like words words help me um, help me with my imagination more. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Like, Yeah, we should try it out. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll come back and yeah. share, you know, what our experience has been with that. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to touch on, you talked about that like, you read a book where a character, like, went through certain trauma, like, growing up and then affected them. Like, so what, like, story was that or what was the... Um, I know there's, there's, like, a lot of books. That was mm-hmm. like a general mm-hmm. um, thing I was talking about. There's a lot of books in which that happens, mm-hmm. um, where like they have issues and or like things go on and it manifests later again in similar ways because they haven't worked through it. Let me see if I can think of a specific book mm-hmm. because that was like I was like generally speaking like in what was that one book you were you saying that the person that you felt like the author wasn't doing justice to the character and the trauma they went through. Yeah, <laughs> that book, this might be, I don't know, controversial a little bit. It's fine, yeah. controversial is fine on this podcast. Because I don't know if, if readers of that book are going to be listening to this podcast. But, gonna find it, but it's okay. Yeah, the book, it, it ends with us, if any mm. of our readers know. It was probably the most popular book of 2021. Mm. Um, like a romance novel with a couple twists, right? Um, very popular book. And it was a very, very good story. It really helps you understand from all different perspectives of different characters. Um, but the the main, ma- the male main character was basically like a narcissist. Mm. Um, he he loved his wife, but you know he was like he started beating her. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for anybody <laughs> that hasn't read the book. Yeah. Um, but he started beating her, and there were like multiple instances of, instances of it. And because he was so perfect in the beginning and loved her so much and, like, mm. everything was great, um, she, like, kind of kept giving him more chances because she's like, oh, like, maybe that was a mistake, right? And even as a reader, we, I was so invested. I was like, maybe that was a mistake. Yeah. The first time, maybe it was a mistake, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, uh, probably how I would react in real life, too. So, it, like, yeah. tells shows you something about yourself. Yeah. Um, but also how, like, 
how we don't get to see these people for who they are mm. until like like until you're in that specific situation, situation right yeah. which we all probably wouldn't be in we might be friends with these kind of people but because we're not like in intimate relationships with them we wouldn't know that this is who they are on the inside or um, they have that side to them right? that side to them yeah. yeah um and this is what the character was like he mm. he had those tendencies and yeah he's he was he's a good brother he was a good uncle he was good to everybody else but in that intimate relationship mm. that that side of him would come out where he would like abuse his wife um but I felt like there were some, like, disconnects in the writing, just because, like, from a psychology perspective, right, from a psychological perspective, the, the, the male main character, he had, when he was little, spoiler alert, again, for anybody who hasn't read the book. Um, yeah, if you want to read this book, you probably shouldn't yeah. continue. <laughs> I mean, I already gave away so much of it. But yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, don't listen to it if you're continuing to read the book. Or go read the book if you want to, and try come to back. Under- understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And come back, yeah. Come back. We can talk about it as a group. I've been talking about it so much. Hmm. But, okay, his, I'll give him a name. His name is Ryle. Mm-hmm. So he, um, when he was little, he shot his own brother in the head mm-hmm. with a gun by mistake, right? He shot his brother in the head, and then he was, like, trying to put the brain back together, like, as a kid. Mm. You know, like, how traumatizing is that? Super traumatizing. There's yeah. no questions about that. But basically, they, they kind of gave him that backstory. Like, that was his kind of kind of his reason for becoming, like, a narcissist mm. and, like, abusing his wife and stuff. Um, but, like, I just felt, like, from a psychological perspective, like, that didn't quite connect. It doesn't click in. Yeah, because if you go through something like that as a child... Um, you will definitely have a lot of trauma, but not trauma necessarily that turns you into a narcissist. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe it could have been a little bit more clear if he had that trauma, he he did that act, and then like people really started hating him, or like he was shunned from society. Yeah, he felt or rejected. Or rejected, yeah. and people were like scared of him, or like he didn't receive enough love from his yeah. family because they looked at him as like this like evil child or something. Yeah. Then it would have made sense. Yeah. But he had a perfect family. His mom loved him, his sister loved him. Um, everybody loved him. And he it was didn't just, have any self-love issues. Yeah, I don't, like, it wasn't really he had any self-love issues, but he just carried a lot of guilt from that situation. Mm. And he would have a lot of anger, like, because mm. he did that. And that's understandable. Having anger about it is understandable. Because yeah. you still made your family go through that, even though you didn't know any better. Yeah. Guilt and anger, that's understandable. Yeah. But it just doesn't quite connect, um, uh, like, of that guilt and anger and, like, those strong feelings turning, turning you into an abuser, yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe a person like that might be, like, either very like they would not want to form intimate relationships yeah. or like have close relationships because they're afraid of sort of some sort of like thing happening like that. Yeah. Avoidantly not, attached. Yeah. That's meaning, like, what we would expect. They don't want to open up their heart because it's like they experience this loss and they don't want to experience that loss again. Yeah. Or like, or if they do open up, they might be very clingy or like maybe yeah. controlling, but I don't know exactly where the abuse comes in. Yeah. yeah. It didn't quite connect for me. And, and a lot of people have experienced like deep emotions from reading this book that have experienced this kind of stuff in real life, right? Mm. So I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf and say like it's not realistic or whatever. Um, but, uh, from like situations I've, I've heard about or I've like, um, when I've spoken to people that have gone through similar things, mm. I feel like the narcissistic behavior, like the red flags are also kind of evident, evident yeah. throughout the relationship a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We do ne- like ne- neglect, so neglect them. red flags, yes, because we're trying to be understanding and we're like, okay, like maybe I'm overreacting, maybe it's not that serious. These are signs are there. Yeah, there's some signs, right? But in the book, 
the character really didn't have like any red flags yeah besides like in the beginning probably like the first scene he was like angrily like he was angry and he was like kicking some patio chairs yeah um but when i first read that scene i was like okay like he he's just angry he's just angry yeah, yeah. like i don't i don't think too much of it because you know sometimes we're angry we might like kick a patio chair if mm-hmm. we're that angry mm-hmm. um but then that was like the only thing they showed after that he was like the most perfect mm. boyfriend like you know everything was great and i was like please don't let it be true please don't <laughs> let it be true because everything was perfect yeah. but i know from speaking to people that have gone through stuff like that in real life like there are red flags we just don't see them in the beginning yeah. and then afterwards when you realize what you've been through mm. you're like okay wait that was also a red flag okay mm. yeah him acting like this him getting mad at me for for like not Small picking up things. his phone call or something yeah. right like that that was a red flag um but like in the book they didn't show those red flags early on as like all of a sudden he's like beating like pushing her down the stairs because of like mm. something that like didn't need mm. like for him to react so aggressively on mm-hmm. um so yeah i just felt like like i guess like if i'm looking at it from that lens like kind of like psychologically trying to make sense of it some things didn't quite make sense didn't to click, me yeah. but it was still a very strong story mm. because you experience that story of domestic yeah. abuse that situation what she's going through what he's going through and again like some like as readers like you majority of us were like very connected to the character like yeah i'm sitting here like please don't let it be true but then you're so connected so you kind of experience that loss for yourself as well Mm. because especially like that first time he he like hits her you're kind of like oh my gosh like please let it be like a one-time thing right even though that like that's not the correct response like that shouldn't hitting should never be okay but in my mind i'm like oh my god please just let it be the one time you love that character so much yeah but then it happens again and you're like oh my how can we excuse this behavior yeah, we can't yeah so then it keeps yeah. happening and I, you feel that sadness too that mm. like oh my god he's doing this again like we loved him but now obviously we can't support him mm. because that's not okay maybe the author wanted like level of shock factor yeah i think she of, did yeah i think that's what she was aiming for that's why she showed no red flags and mm. i think i think the point was to be like yeah a lot of times like we think people are perfect yeah and we're like oh this is probably a perfect couple with no issues because yeah. they seem perfect to us but that's but, not the but truth. then it's like that's the thing you don't want to also put that in someone's mind of like oh yeah this person's perfect but they might yeah who knows obviously you never know yeah right but it's like you also don't want to like you don't want to put it in people's mind right like every time they're like oh yeah well i don't know well i don't know i can't or, trust. yeah or you can't trust. yeah yeah but at the same time it's like there are people that maybe seem very like perfect to some people and then they do shift. Did, yeah. But I feel like there's probably are some red flags, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. From like... Or some signs. About some it. signs, yeah. I feel like they're... Because someone who doesn't show any signs mm. and all of a ch- sudden, like, does that... Like, that's like sociopathic behavior. Mm. Right? Like, that's someone who has calculated their every move to make sure I show no red flags. Yeah. But then, like, yeah. they let they let their inner self loose and then stuff goes wild like and maybe that's how a person would have would have some more like um childhood like not being loved yeah or some sort of like coping mechanism because yeah. not just because you know this sort of situation with like yeah. a, a brother passing away. that's what i'm saying it didn't it didn't hurt yeah. yeah. but i don't want to undermine the story <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. my book lovers um it definitely like i said like makes you feel the emotions very intensely because you feel very connected to all the characters in the book too mm. and and for someone that like hasn't gone through something like that it's very eye-opening to be like wow like yeah like you can think someone is perfect and stuff like that happens and you want to forgive them because mm. everything else about the relationships is so perfect yeah and, maybe that's why sometimes people probably do let certain yeah, things go for sure they, they're like you know well everything else is great and then and then the girl becomes pregnant with his kid oh, damn. Yeah. yeah 
they're about to have a kid, they're married, you know, like, he's a surgeon, like, he, like, life is good, and it's, like, the one thing, and, and you're kind of, like, oh my gosh, like, you're sitting there, like, should she, like, should, like, you're obviously talk, thinking about the options, right, should she just, like, forgive him for mm, the sake of their daughter, for the sake of yeah. their marriage, but she actually doesn't, for, like, she forgives him, she's very, like, mature about it, but she decides to divorce him when she has her daughter, mm. and the whole time, like, he's kind of, like, he doesn't know what she's gonna do, she, he's, like, kind of, like, trying to win her over and like taking care of her while she's pregnant and stuff um but when she has a daughter in that moment she asks him for divorce papers because she's like like i'm ending the cycle my daughter's not going to grow up in a family like this because that the girl main character lily her name is um she grew up in an environment where her father was abusing her mother i see so that's why it's called it ends with us because she ended the cycle of abuse yeah because she removed her daughter from that situation and asked for a divorce that's the thing and and that's where it's like okay yeah if 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 it was a cycle then he probably would have been going through abuse when he was a kid as well right and like that probably was a cycle that he's probably recreating but if he's getting loved by his parents it's not really that's not a cycle yeah, yeah. Really yeah. yeah. for her and it worked for, for her, her and it, worked. it made sense yeah she ended up in that situation because she got stuck in the cycle yeah she saw she saw it happening and she's like i'm not going to go through this but somehow she ended up in the same cycle and she decided to break that generational yeah. trauma right like yeah. not put her daughter through the same thing and even as a reader i, I was like i don't know what decision she's gonna make and it was very intense, right? And I'm sure they, you know, they did portray that. But as a woman going through, the, going through that situation, you might think, should I just stay together mm-hmm. for the sake of my daughter, for the sake of the marriage to make, like, you know, just have a happy ending or, like, try my best at it? But, no, she was like, she's like, I, like I've seen this happen before, right? She knows the trauma that she went through, seeing her parents um, mm-hmm. go through it. So then she decided not to put her daughter through that, decided to stand up mm-hmm. for her daughter's sake. And I think that's, but also, like, just talk about, like, trends within, I feel like, our generation and, like, the times now. I feel like a lot of people are going through this type of, like, storyline where, like, they maybe experienced abuse at the, at the parents' mm-hmm. level. And their parents didn't break up or, or didn't, like, end yeah. those cycles. And now they're, they are, like, going through it again, but are choosing, like, a different route. You know? Yeah. I've, I've seen that trend a lot nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody's definitely, not everybody, but majority of um, our generation i will say is pretty like self-reflective pretty woke in that sense Mm -hmm. where they they're seeing what they went through as children and especially as immigrant children um just going through a lot of stuff with their families and now they know like what what they want to end basically and how they want to raise their kids and not wanting to like recreate Mm -hmm. Even though they might find themselves in a situation where it's like, I'm recreating this. It's like, I don't want yeah, I to, don't want to yeah. end up like that. Yeah, yeah. And and especially like on TikTok nowadays, there's so mm. much like dark humor, like finding the humor and like the stuff you've been through in life, making jokes out of it for a lighthearted yeah, conversation, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But you see people posting this kind of stuff all the time where it's like, your parents are like, well, we stay together for the kids and we're doing it for you guys. And the kids are like, well, maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah, like, should, it's yeah. more trauma that you stay together for our sake. Yeah. Like, maybe you should have gotten a divorce. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting how, like, they, from their perspective, it's like, no, we're doing this for you. We're, I know. Like, dealing with all this, you know, just for the sake of our children. That's a tough thing in life, though, because yeah. everyone thinks they're doing it for the right reasons mm. and you can't control the trauma you unload onto someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Like our parents, all they all think they're doing everything specifically for their children. But then it's like all the 
all the stress and the trauma that the children go through is because of what the parents are doing but the parents think they're doing good for the children yeah, like it's yeah yeah it's a problem but it's like what is the solution because everyone thinks they're doing the right thing yeah, yeah. and you look around and we see like immigrant children right and or just children of immigrant families i'll say um but we're we're stuck in these situations because our parents expect so much and like we know what our parents have been through so we want to give them everything they expect but mm-hmm. then it's like we're not living like how we want to live not living authentic lives. Not li- yeah. yeah authentically or ful- like fulfilling our desires yeah. and like our um purpose basically that we might feel we have but like yeah. our parents are not wrong because our parents are like yeah i did all this for you and and mm-hmm. they want us to see they want to see us be our best yeah. because they sacrifice so much yeah and their expectations weigh on us really heavy and sometimes they something, but it's very like materialistic sometimes success yeah, sometimes right? yeah it's like it like oh we came out here like you know we got this to this level now you go like a higher level yeah. materially though right yeah yeah but that's a challenge because like the child might not feel that same feel that same yeah you know desire or sometimes them. i just see uh i'm gonna reference tiktok a million times mm-hmm. but i see a lot of like brown girls like posting on tiktok where they'll be like that brown girl guilt for traveling mm. and like living life but like not being able to take your parents and like show them the good stuff too mm. or that brown girl guilt of wanting to move out of your house mm-hmm. and leaving your parents behind yeah right like all that guilt where it's like that's also unsaid expectations of being a, a brown girl or just a brown child right like in mm-hmm. the community like those expectations and like not moving out is an expectation traveling is not an expectation right but like you still have that guilt like no one's saying oh you're traveling all the time take me with you but the child might be like oh i'm experiencing this good life that my parents never had Mm. and now they're just sitting at home while i'm experiencing it but i only have this because of them and i can't even take them with me Mm. and you and then you don't enjoy it because you feel bad i feel like as you know like (laughs) children of immigrant families like we feel bad about so much yeah yeah because there's a lot of pressure like a lot of self-doubt you know yeah. You don't really get those like affirmations maybe growing up. Yeah. Like, oh, I do believe in you or you can do, you know, do these things. Yeah. But I feel like people who also like, even if you do get the affirmations, mm. you, there's still guilt because mm. now you're like, oh, my parents love me so much. That's why, like, I can't move out. That's why I can't do it. I yeah. can't do this because yeah. they love me. How can I, like, it's kind of like backstabbing, we might think, mm. right? They mm. did so much for me. They love me so much. They gave up everything for me. They, like, if I received affirmations, it's like, okay, like, they did show me love. Now I can't neglect them. Mm. But if I didn't get affirmations, it's like, oh, I never got the love and I'm doing all this stuff to impress them and not living tr- to my truest self because I just want the affirmations from them. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's such a <laughs> difficult, yeah, difficult area. But sometimes, like, you have to... I think that's where like, the boundary setting comes in. So some, so some level, you have to, like, you know, like, yeah. suppress that desire to, like, fulfill all their needs because it's, like, it's not good for them. Sometimes they are acting out of fear or they are acting out of things that aren't creating healthy situations or being very controlling. Yeah. And you think they're doing it for, for your good, but it's like that energy is very controlling. Yeah. Or the energy is filled with like a lot of pressure or like, and sometimes they'll guilt trip you, right? To do certain stuff, but it's like, none of that's healthy behavior. See, so I think like communication is needed or like also sometimes you have to set those boundaries and you don't want them to experience any sort of negative emotions, but it's like they're not, they're also not learning yeah. until you do. That's true. That's, a, I know, that's a challenge, right? <laughs> challenge, yeah. yeah. I mean, easier said than done because. For sure, for sure. 
I mean, you're just as brown as I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the community's like. <laughs> the unsaid pressure is the, you know, it's not even like, it's not even like you do what you want and you leave mm. and it's just your parents you have to deal with. It's a whole community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, wants you to confirm to that sort of yeah. model. And, and I don't like, you know, I, I love the communities that we have. Yeah. We're really there for each other. And when we come together, like it's a great thing, but you know, there's, I see it on TikTok and I, and I hear people talking about it, but there's a lot of pressure there too, especially so because pressure, we're yeah. in the community setting and the community has gone through all that stuff together, which is why we're so connected. But because everyone's gone through it together, they all have the same expectations mm. of how they want their children to be, right? But then all, yeah, all the children are experiencing that collective <laughs> pressure of like, collective pressure, yeah. Wanting to be something. But then it's like, even for the parents, even the parents, it's like, they should also be like, okay, yeah, you have all this pressure on the child because you want them to be successful. But it's like, and it's not too that you don't want to challenge them. But let's say if you are causing so much stress in their mind, so is mental mm-hmm. health issues. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's important for the parents also understand that. Like, what if your child under that pressure? Because you hear these stories of like someone committed suicide. Yeah. Someone did this because of the, all the, the, pressure, like the school yeah. pressure or they failed the class or like yeah. some sort of degree and they ended up committing suicide because they, so many expectations that the parents are putting on them. None of the obviously the parents aren't aware exactly yeah, what they're that's doing because the their mentality is probably different growing up, yep. and they didn't go through the same t- type of you know anxieties or challenges that the kids. Yeah, are Yeah, that's through. the thing. They're not very aware of these conversations because, like, for them, anxiety, depression wasn't really a thing, right? Yeah. Because they they did everything that they had to do, and they just had to accept it. Mm-hmm. We do, we do things. Like, basically, they had to do it because they had to make a living, right? That was their number one priority. Make a living, raise my family, provide for my family. So now when we have different priorities, it doesn't quite make sense to them. Mm. And they, like I say, like, moving out or whatever, as an example, because I know that's, like, a big conversation in in brown children, right? But they had to, they were forced to move out of their families, leave their homes behind, leave their mothers, fathers, like leave their whole families behind, forced to move to a completely different country, learn things from the bottom up. You know, we hear stories, they have like a dollar, a dollar in their pockets, like $5 and that's how they started. They were forced to do that. And they, they spent their lives missing their families, you know, like not feeling completely like um, whole, right? Not feeling a whole because they're missing parts of themselves. Mm. So now when like the children want to move away from home, Mm. children want to be alone or whatever, and these parents, it doesn't make sense to them. Why would you want to do that? Because because they were forced to do it and they spent their lives regretting it and missing their families. Now it's like, you want to do that. Mm. And now that's when they're like, oh my God, children these days. Like what, what is wrong with these kids? Because their perspective of it was completely different because of their situations. They were being forced to do it. Nothing was by choice. It doesn't make sense to them, you know. We can't. We can't completely blame them. Yeah. No, so that's where the tough part comes in because, like, they're not really wrong, but at the same yeah. time, as brown, like as immigrant children or whatever, like we're not wrong either because it. We have it the toughest, right? Like our families are, are, um, our our parents, like that generation, are are immigrants. They yeah. are. We're the direct line afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So our our children will have it a little bit easier because we grew up here, so we know how to balance. But, like, we are the generation that's learning how to balance. Yeah. We're learning how to balance the immigrant parents yeah. as we are, like, American children. Yeah. We're how trying... To, yeah. Things. How do you balance? You, you? It's very tough. You can't. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge, right? And <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to say you can't. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, uh, 
Oh, the parents want the kids to understand them. Yeah. And then the kids want the parents to understand. Uh, yeah. Them. It's it's back and forth. You don't understand me. You don't understand me. You don't understand. But I think I think this is where it comes down to like a like a larger kind of topic, which is that if you are in a situation where someone isn't understanding you, and you want them to understand, I think even from the parents' angle too, it's like instead of looking to change someone else to like adjust to what you're looking for, yeah, we have to focus on changing ourselves and yeah. what our own expectations are, right, and what our own ability to either set boundaries or communicate yeah. or whatever that's, that's needed because i think the, the parents definitely don't have that because they don't really have these like mentality of like what do you mean like i change no this yeah. is how things are you change <laughs> i'm your father yeah, i'm your father right but even them they should be looking like no like yeah yeah why am i having why am i sending so much of my sense of peace and mind on another person even if it is yeah. your child you know what i mean yeah. why are you so dependent there's so much dependency right yeah yeah <laughs> That's but then, but the thing is that dependency is just not going to lead to happiness. Yeah. Because effectively, you have to find it within. Yeah, but they don't. They're not very aware of that. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't. Uh, some of them, I feel like, didn't never really found true happiness, or like all their happiness. If you talk to them or if you ask them, a lot of their happiness just comes from when they were back home. Yeah. And going through that, right after leaving their homes, they never really found that peace. Mm-hmm. Which I won't say like. Like, maybe, yeah, their peace was back at home, right? And maybe that is the the epitome of peace for them. And when I think about going back to Punjab, right? Like, that's peace for me, too. But they, I don't think a lot of them really accepted, like, on the inside, right? Accepted their their situations and, and just, like, made their peace with their current situations. Mm. I think a lot of them still have that, that their own trauma. Oh, like, pent-up sure. trauma and pent-up um, feelings of... And a lot of it's just like there's those emotions and traumas, but it's not being dealt with. Yeah, they just you're just distracting yourself, just going mm-hmm. to work. It's like oh, forget it, just keep working. Just you know, like the <laughs> remedy is just more work. <laughs> more work. <laughs> Seven yeah. days a week. Should be got the night. Yeah, it's like what if like all that work is just like a coping mechanism? And no, it yeah. most definitely is. Yeah. I do that to myself. Yeah, when I was working, I'm like, yeah, yeah. seven days a week. I don't got to think about yeah. nothing. This is great. <laughs> Don't gotta do with my traumas. Don't gotta yeah. do with my issues. Yeah, I'm just working. Yeah, no, that's I'm the same way. You like to distract yourself with as much stuff as you can, not have to deal with all yeah. the stuff on the inside. But then it's like because you're not prioritizing your own like needs, and then your children come along, mm-hmm. you just put that burden on them, yeah. or you start living vicariously through them. Yeah, or these expectations on them, right? Or like dependency. But then that just creates all this pressure on the child that they're not always, you know, able to f- fulfill or they have to like self-sacrifice so much in order to f- f- fulfill that. Yeah. That's the challenge. But I think that's what it comes down to is like, even when, let's say when, you know, we start having kids, we can't put those expectations on yeah, them. Yeah, we have to have more of a balance. We need sure. to like prioritize, okay, they have their own life, right? You can support them. You you have to understand them, but yeah. your happiness is your responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and even within relationships, sometimes in relationships those things happen as well. You put the pressure on the other person to make yes, you happy, to make you happy, but they can't because it'll never it'll never work. Or if it works, it won't be a peaceful work. No, no it'll be no. a mess because you're putting so much of your expectations. And yeah, like that pressure on someone, someone else, and they're never gonna really know how to fulfill it because they can't read your mind. Yeah, they they don't know your trauma as deeply, um, 
and they're not able to completely understand to, like to give you exactly what you need because you're you're trying to have them fulfill parts of and, and no one's gonna be able to be perfect they're gonna trigger you in some yeah. way they're gonna disappoint you in some way and but then you just put it more pressure on them why are you disappointing me why are you triggering me it's like no but that's on you you know why yeah because it's men <laughs> it's men <laughs> they're disappointing <laughs> men should just stop <laughs> just why can't you do it right just do it right and the, don't what, disappoint what about the men that are disappointed in the woman well, that's their fault. Why are they disappointed? Women do a lot. They're not appreciating it. <laughs> the problem in life is men. <laughs> it's men. It's just, it's the other person, not me. That's what it is, right? <laughs> the no, problem is always with the other. If I was a male, I would say that the problem are men. I still would. <laughs> I would stand by this decision. <laughs> well, at least then you would be um, taking accountability. Huh, see? <laughs> That's you. what men should do. <laughs> and women should Blame themselves and take accountability. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm just kidding, guys. Don't hate me. <laughs> I don't hate men. Men aren't trash, I promise. <laughs> or are they? <laughs> no, no but I think it, it does just come down to, though, you have to be accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For your own emotions, for your own life. Yeah. Really not. It's okay, children of immigrant families. <laughs> At least our communities are so tight-knit that we have each other. Yeah. We're suffering. We're all suffering together. But this is a way out. Yeah, but that's the thing. You don't have to continue suffering. Yes, you do. There's no way out. See, that's the thing. That's the no, trap. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just pushing your buttons. <laughs> that's the trap. Gordon's going to be like, how dare you say that? <laughs> never say never. never He's going to channel his inner Justin Bieber. <laughs> never say there's no route for healing. There oh. always is. <laughs> Ah, tasting bliss. Tell us. <laughs> tell us how to heal, man. Number one thing is accountability. <laughs> you heard hard. that, men? <laughs> men, you heard that? It's hard to heal when you don't hold yourself accountable. Or you don't, like, feel responsible for yeah. it. Yeah. Because if not, you feel disempowered, right? You feel like, oh, if you feel like the reason that you're having powers in your in, um, problems in your life is because of someone else, the only way that problem in your mind could be solved is if that other person changes. Yeah. But the true healing comes with you changing. Yes. Right? So that's where you, the first step is, okay, no, I do have power to change my reality, to change my situation. And I'm not dependent upon other people on how they're reacting. It's my internal shift that's going to shift everything in my life. And then you have an empowered perspective. Yes. And you can move from that. That's where you start healing. So See, a, a healing nugget for the, for the, <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> See, I think I agree with everything you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like easier said than done. Like we can, I can say that, but how do we like adopt that mindset? How do we move on? I, but I think it starts with saying, you know, it is possible for me. Mm-hmm. It might not be easy, but like, you know what? It can happen. Okay. Yeah. Meaning, like, it's possible for me. It might not be, like, over one night, right? Yeah. It might not be th- over, like, a couple of days, right? But it's, like, it is possible. It might not be easy right now, but, like, the more that I work on it, one day I can achieve it. Because it comes into that belief. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, yes, something feels difficult, but then if you feel like, oh, I can't achieve that, yeah. then you really can't, right? Yeah. But if something, even though it's difficult or it's challenging, if you're like, no, I can. Affirmations. That shift is what allows you to open that kind of route to actually achieving it. I'm going to make a vision board tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can. I can. It is possible for me. Yeah. 
Well, and it's not like the craziest thing, right? Let's say it's like climbing up like some huge mountain. If you, in your mind, feel like, okay, there's no way I can get up there. You shouldn't even try it. <laughs> you're, you're probably going to die out there. Yeah. It's like, you know what? No, I can't do this. That self-belief is what's going to help you get to the top. Yeah. That's so people, true. So you can. Easier said than done. But you can. But you can. Motivation, motivational <laughs> speaker. <laughs> Motivate. <Karen Sumra. laughs> no, but I think possible. also maybe start with like smaller things, smaller, right? Smaller, definitely small steps. Like, and actually do them. You know that feeling of accomplishment yeah. that you get after you do something? Yeah. Like like working out and stuff, right? If you just go for a walk and you're like, oh, wow, like I did that today. And, and every day you add tomorrow. in a few more yeah, steps yeah. or you add in a, a little bit more. I think that definitely is it. Where sometimes where we see something, like let's say the mountain, right? We look at the whole mountain yeah. and we're afraid of that challenge. Yeah. But it's like, look, it's a mountain, but all it takes is a combination of steps. Yes. So focus right. on that one step and then get that mom- momentum. And before you know it, you know, you, you might get to the top of it. Yes, you're right. But I, I definitely think that baby steps is important because it, they don't feel as tough. It doesn't feel as big of a challenge. It's like, no, I'm just five minutes today. And you get like a rush from the accomplishment yeah, when you do yeah, the little stuff. Yeah. And you use that as motivation to keep going. It's like, oh, yeah, like if I did if I did that much today, today tomorrow I can do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to, you don't have to run a marathon mm-hmm. overnight, be ready to run. But you get that feeling of accomplishment that makes you feel proud of yourself. Yeah, small makes, checkpoints. Yeah, makes you feel like it is possible. It's not. If it's a 20-mile race, hey, just one mile. to yeah. Like, you know, that's where I'm going to aim for. Yeah. And then from that, you know, the next mile. And before Nothing you know it, you're Nothing is impossible. Go. The word itself says, I'm possible. <laughs> 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 Guys, those motivational quotes that you see on the walls, yeah. <laughs> we invented those. <laughs> I came up with that. Super original. <laughs> it's, uh, so many motivational nuggets. <laughs> yeah. This is good. This is I'm possible. <laughs> But no, I think that's a big shift, man. I think because it's so, it's all a mental game, right? That's where we, it's like sometimes we give power to the external reality. Mm-hmm. But from, if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, it's internal and then the external starts to reflect. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not always easy. It's but I think not, as not long as like knowing though, you know what? Actually, it's just in my mind. Yeah. You know, it's just my thoughts. And the more that I like condition myself to believe a certain thought, that's more likely what my reality is going to start to become. And if I have the choice to actually start to condition myself to a different thought, like through affirmations, through healing, and through, you know, these practices and like being in that type of energy, that conditioning can start to change and that, you know, reality can start to manifest. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just having moments of clarity here. <laughs> I need to start doing more affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, just walk a mile, that's it. That's it. There's <laughs> just, it's just one mile today. <laughs> hey, well, one walk around the block. <laughs> that's <laughs> it, man. That's it, where we got to start from. Look, gonna put my running shoes on after this conversation. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. I mean, th- that's why these conversations are good. Because I know this, I know this in my mind. Right, yeah, like yeah. I, I act like I'm so profound. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, like I've studied this stuff too, and I'm like, yeah, like in in theory, I know it, and which is why I'd love to read like self help books too. It's like you say you know it, but when you actually hear it, you're like, oh wait, like you you're right. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the when you when and you read these words, like, you, yeah, it clicks. Yeah, because there's so much we know. There's so much that goes on in our brains. And to be honest, I ignore half the stuff that goes on in my brain because mm. sometimes I'm like just being stupid. Mm. Or like sometimes my brain is like intrusive thoughts, like saying like crazy stuff. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we don't listen to our brains. We don't listen to ourselves. We need to have these conversations with other people or like journal, right? You can have a conversation with yourself. Write it down, read a book, talk to someone. And when you talk about these conversations, when this stuff comes up in external ways outside mm-hmm. of your brain, mm-hmm. that's when it helps you click more. Yeah, because you can like look at it in yeah. a way. Yeah, yeah. It's like you like materialize it. Yeah, like it, your mind thoughts. is just like stuck there. Yeah. You're like just trying to avoid it. But you're not really like looking at you're it. Not, looking yeah, at you're, it. you're not reflecting on it deeply because it's kind of just. Yeah. It's there, but. When you have these conversations or you hear someone else, or like similar to how we talked about the books, like yeah. looking at these stories. Yeah. The things are like externalized to some level. That's why journaling is also good, right? Because you can externalize your thoughts. Oh my God, you're like my book. You're like my real life book. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a it's a real life conversation. That's what it is. Yes, it's helping. It's a real life book. No, <laughs> it's a real life book. It's a book, but like real it, life. like in voice, in words, in audio. No books imitate life. But books yeah, so life, you're able but... to externalize, you know, certain yeah. thoughts, certain ideas. So it's like yeah, if you're having intrusive thoughts, and that's something someone wanted to. When I had asked for feedback, someone wanted us to talk about intrusive thoughts. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about it because all I have are intrusive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is like, whoa, it's an animal. But that's the thing. It's like all these thoughts are, uh, all these thoughts are there. It's hard to navigate them just in your mind. Yeah. Right. And sometimes like certain uh, thoughts have more like emotional charge to them. So they, like it really colors your mind and it's hard to really kind of get it out. Yeah. So what hap- what helps is actually doing things to get it out and externalize it. So like you're saying like, even the bad thoughts we have, like get them out? Meaning uh, like like either voice them, share them, put okay. it onto paper because then okay. you can then look at them with clarity. Because okay. then you might like, once it's actually out there, it's like, oh, what the fuck is it? You know, what is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And kill mind- yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean kill myself? You know? Drive mind- off the bridge. Uh, probably not the best idea. <laughs> Because you know what it is when when it happens in your mind, it comes with an emotion. Yeah. And the emotion colors your mind and you start to kind of like buy into it or like yeah. feel it. And it's like, why am I feeling like, you know, killing yeah. myself or whatever, right? But it's this intrusive thought, but it's not just a thought. It's this emotional charge with it. But once you like start talking about it and like maybe you're like putting it on a journal. Yeah, maybe the emotion still might come up, but you're like, it's you're able to look at that thought for just what it is. Okay. And you have more clarity. Mm-hmm. And you're able to also release certain emotions by talking about them, sharing, yeah. you know, sharing the pain, releasing that emotional trauma or emotions that are like locked up within you yeah. that are coming up in your mind. You're, you're healing them by putting them out, by releasing them. Yeah, and I think I have I'm, a level of clarity that you didn't have before. Yeah, I felt that way as well. Like when there's a lot of stuff going on in your mind, like you believe so much of it, even the negative stuff, just because that's like, that's all that you keep feeding yourself, right? Yeah, the yeah. What you keep feeding yourself, you are going to believe it. Yeah. And when you talk about that with someone else, sometimes like you hear yourself and you're like, okay, like realistically, like yeah. that's probably not the truth, right? Yeah. Realistically, like I'm like, I'm not as fat as I say I am or whatever, right? Like you hear it and you're like, okay, yeah, that doesn't quite make sense. Or someone else talks to you and they're like, yeah, that doesn't quite make sense. But you talk it through and then you understand you understand it better, right? Yeah. For like maybe whatever underlying feelings are there or or whatever like you're experiencing in life, you understand it. But like when, when it's just floating around in your brain, it has more of that negative effect on you. For sure. I've had so many moments like in the healing sessions where 
a person, let's say, is saying, okay, I'm having this one, I'm having these types of thoughts on one side, and then I feel like on one side, my intuition is saying this, right? Yeah. But in your mind, it's hard for you to, like, discern yeah. what is what. But when we're talking, I'm like, it seems like you know which is your intuition. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, you don't always get that clarity when it's in your, in your mind. Yeah. But when you're voicing it, and even the person, you can tell, like, emotionally, they're, like, leaning towards one side. It's yeah. like a... See, like, like, reflect. The way you're talking about it, you know what the answer is. But you're not able to, like, kind of get that, be in that clarity state of mind yeah. when it's just happening in your head. Also, because a lot of us can't differentiate yeah. between, like, our mind, our intuition. Yeah, what is the ego, what is the intuition. Yeah, yeah. like, our heart, like, the emotion, right? Yeah. It's all, like, clouding your mind altogether. And it's too much happening. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. too much. There's so many thoughts, so many, it's, like, negative emotions. You don't know what to yeah. believe. But things get filtered out a bit more and you're able to like look at them kind of free from those negative emotions when you voice them, when you share them with, with someone, yeah. when you journal them, right? You can tape record yourself and like listen back to like what you just said if you don't want to talk to anyone or if you don't want to write. You know? And if you're like me, you're going to be like, yeah, you sound stupid. <laughs> but the thing, it gives you a level of clarity. Yeah. Because when it's just in your mind, you don't have that and you start to believe it. You're just making me think about how this podcast is going to sound. <laughs> and I'm going to have a lot of clarity afterwards about me thinking my thoughts sound smart. They probably don't. <laughs> no, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because people are going to learn from this. People are going to reflect themselves, which is important. You just don't want me to hate the podcast. <laughs> you just want to be like, no, I need to use this. <laughs> this is great material. Please don't back up. <laughs> Hey, test run, right? <laughs> no kidding. But whatever, whatever this podcast is now, yeah, it is raw, little... <laughs> unfiltered of meat. It's there. <laughs> Sorry that you guys have to hear it. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. <laughs> no, but I think it's no, it's good. And again, like how we talk about the books, this conversation is something where people will be able to reflect on their own lives, right? Yeah, hopefully, and their own thoughts. Maybe they've been having. They're looking at their own intrusive thoughts and like, okay, what is intuition? What is not? What is mm -hmm. this? What is that? Yeah. Right? So it's good. How, how do you have any tips? Like how can people do that? If they're self-reflecting, mm -hmm. how can they determine what is my intuition? What <clears throat> is intrusive? I think one thing will be like, if, if you're like analyzing the thought, see what is the emotion sitting behind it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is this thought coming from like fear? Mm -hmm. Is it coming from guilt? Is it coming from shame? Is it like colored by these negative emotions? If it is, that's probably not your intuition. Mm -hmm. It's probably your ego. It's because, or this like negative conditioning. Because it's like intuition is probably going to feel lighter. Okay. It's going to probably feel more clear and probably won't have these types of negative emotions connected to them. Okay. So like if you want to discern, like, okay, you're having a certain thought. What is it rooted in? You know, is it rooted in resonance? Because sometimes, like, you have a conversation with someone, and when it really clicks and really resonates, you feel it. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this clicks, right? This yeah. makes sense. So that lightness feeling, that feeling of, like, resonance and, like, you're really vibing with something, that's, like, that pro feeling, that intuition feeling. But when something feels, like, heavier, it feels like it's, like, you know, it feels mm -hmm. negative. Yeah. It feels, like, fear-based or guilt-based. Then it's probably not. I think a good way to determine would be to see if it's ma mainly, like, are these thoughts fear-based? Yeah. I think a lot of our intrusive thoughts are, yeah. like, anxiety, are, ex yeah, anxiety, our fears, 
and they're just like manifesting into like these thoughts um because that emotion of fear is living there and it's just a lot of times our intrusive thoughts are things that we are scared of yeah. right and yeah. like we don't forget about it because that that feeling of fear is internalized in yeah. our body yeah. and because that feeling is there we we don't ever very rarely right we we don't address the feeling we just push it to the side and we push it aside, that feeling stays in your in your body. Mm-hmm. And when that feeling stays within you, how it does get addressed is with those intrusive thoughts. Yeah. yeah. The feeling turns into that intrusive thought, and then now you're getting even more scared. Like the fear is building itself. Yeah. But I think like for myself, I think a lot of my intrusive thoughts, like they are coming from like a place of fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of that anxiety. And definitely we said with like the journaling can help because it's like, okay. Yeah, like when you're analyzing them, but now you're like you're putting them, you're externalizing them, and then looking at them. Maybe yeah. so, like, hey, write down whatever thoughts you're having in the main category. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, this thought, what emotion is it? Okay, is it like in a fear-based thought? Put it on that side. Is this thought like not fear connected? Okay, maybe it's intuition, right? It's like categorize it so you have some level of clarity. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, do like little activity activity with it yeah like whatever different thoughts. thoughts you've been having put them on the paper yeah and then put them in, in different columns yeah in different boxes and then if you have a lot of thoughts that are in that fear box yeah. that means we need to work on that fear box yeah and then maybe you can like pick out the gems with like oh no this see this one thought isn't fear based yeah maybe this is something that's like you know like really resonated with me or it's like based in intuition yeah and i feel like when you um when you put those thoughts on paper and if they are fear-based thoughts like it'll give you that clarity if you can figure out what is it that you are truly scared of Mm. what is it that's giving you the fear that's bringing these thoughts up that you can work on healing that part of yourself long term you can like dissect it yeah you know i have this fear-based thought where is it coming from yeah like let me like unpack this yeah like if you have a lot of intrusive thoughts that are about death yeah then it might be yeah it might be certain things from trauma certain things from the past so it's, it's not coming from your intuition it's coming from your conditioning yeah it's coming from these traumas right so it's like this if you're afraid of a dog and you got bit by a dog when you're younger yeah. that thought is probably coming from that trauma when you were a kid yep intrusive thoughts about dogs those are easy intrusive thoughts <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i give a light-hearted example yeah <laughs> i'm like death but it's like dogs <laughs> But, well, yeah. we know who the more healed person in this conversation <laughs> is. Your trauma is about dogs. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I got bit by a dog once. Okay. <laughs> I have to process that trauma. Yeah, my dad died once. The dark humor. Got to sprinkle it in for our listeners that are into the d- dark humor <laughs> jokes. Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, so I think that's something, you know, mm-hmm. to gauge your... No, I like that. I like that idea of doing a little writing activity. Yeah, maybe I'll try it out for myself. Or if you have someone you feel like you, you can really trust and yeah. really like understand you without judgment, share with them. Yep. You're like, I'm having this thought. Like, do you think there's a level of validity <laughs> to this? The like, guy, no. <laughs> Sometimes I have thoughts. I'm gonna open the dog and a bit. I'm gonna open the door and a big dog is gonna be sitting there. Do you think is this, this is a thought? <laughs> Do you think there's a dog in my closet that hides every time I open the door? But one day he's gonna forget to hide and he's gonna bite me. Do you think this is real? And but at the same time, you don't want someone to that like that totally negates. Yeah, yeah. You don't want someone to be like, "No, you're stupid." Yeah. Stop thinking about it. It's like just you. You feel like there's you know something happening to you. Yeah. No, you're just stupid. 
There's someone one that actually sincerely tries to understand yeah. where it's coming from and what it's rooted from. Yes, yes. That's what you want. Right? Because sometimes there might be a level of validity behind what you're feeling. And but then it's about kind of like, you know, feeling it out. Is it stemming from like trauma? Is yes. it stemming from my conditioning? Or is it actually something that's actually my intuition is actually giving me a sign for something? Yes, you're right. For our listeners, if someone comes to you with their trauma, don't act like I just did with guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't undermine their fear of dogs <laughs> ask ask them the right questions yeah. to get to the bottom of it yeah. which is that's a very good point to bring up because sometimes like when we're listening to other people and like things might seem so unrealistic to us we mm. might make fun of them for it we yeah. might mock them because yeah. we're like okay like that's really not even that crazy but for someone else like that might be very serious yeah. so when someone's like trusting us and coming to the coming to us in confidence to talk about um talk about whatever's going on with them we should definitely offer them that support offer them a good strong ear and shoulder for them yeah, to like yeah. i don't know cry actually like but yeah, sincerely like, try to understand sincerely try and, yeah and, like, and it might help if we like ask those probing questions right like why do you feel that way yeah, or yeah, what yeah. what what is happening in your life when those thoughts come up right like are you doing something specific and then that thought comes up yeah. like maybe you're scared of something else but definitely like be there for your friends and ask them ask them those questions that allow them to self-reflect a little bit more and like be like be a good friend. And if you want them, right, to um have that um relationship with you, because if you just undermine it or you just make a joke out of it, they might not share it with they're you. They're not again. gonna share, yeah, for you sure. Know? They're like, okay, this person doesn't understand yeah. me, or they're just They're not gonna feel comfortable. Yeah. They're not gonna feel safe, basically. We just, want we want to make people feel safe. Just for you a thousand times over. Just <laughs> a good way to <laughs> Come full circle. <laughs> full circle. We want to form those deeper human connections where we do things for each other selflessly. Yes. Yes. To the best of our ability. To the best of our... Yes. No pressure. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of pressure to be good people. But to yeah. good people. But to do it to the best of your ability, <clears throat> the best you can, just... I mean, we have to also self-reflect and see, like, yeah. am I being nice myself? Am I being nice to other people? Yeah. And then work on that. And obviously, also, I would say, while still being sensitive to your own, you know, desires and yeah. your own inner child, you yeah. know. So not completely self-sacrificing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But still being there to a level like like where like you know, it's centered in love. Like centered. you actually care mm-hmm. and you actually want to help. Yes. And if you and like put yourself first too, right? If you feel like these conversations keep happening with a specific friend maybe and you feel more negative because of it and you feel like you're gaining more psychological um like anxiety and problems because of these conversations that keep keep coming up then communicate that right yeah in a nice way talk to your friend be like hey like i don't think i'm the right person for you to like have these conversations with i don't think i can offer the help that you're looking for yeah but like i like i would love to be there for you in a different way if i can but like this conversation is just is not for me right not my forte now yeah or be like i i don't feel too comfortable having this conversation because I have some trauma or that is like bothering me or like whatever, maybe yeah, right. Talk yeah. about that. So that even if you feel like you're not being a like quote unquote good friend because you're not there for them in that way, communicate it, tell them uh, what ways you can be there yeah. for them. Um, but just like lay that out there. Yeah. Because a lot of friendships also get ruined in miscommunication because sometimes mm. like there's, everybody has trauma. There's trauma on both ends, but sometimes we're not able to help other people because we're so engrossed in our trauma. And some people do kind of, um, what's that word like they like their trauma will like trigger like trigger. some people do trigger your traumas as well mm. and sometimes you know like we're we're going through a lot of stuff but um we're not talking to anybody about it 
Yeah. But then somebody else might think we're not going through anything and they might think their problems are bigger than ours because and, we're not talking. And I think so many things is like you don't have to be completely healed, but if yeah. you're being honest and there's honest communication, so many miscommunications, so many issues in relationships can be cleared through that for True. sure. Yep. Yeah, just talk it out, man. We all have issues. And, and that's the thing. It's not always easy to be vulnerable, but there's so much power in being vulnerable and just, hey, accepting it. Yo, yes. This is what I'm going through. This is what it is. And and they'll understand maybe your relationship will grow deeper from, through that conversation. Yeah. Right. it pro- Like 99.9% definitely, definitely will, will, right? Yeah. You're being honest with each other. And as as humans, we can feel when someone's being truthful and honest and they're letting their guard down, we can feel that. Yeah. And I think it's it's in our nature to appreciate that. It's in our nature to care for each other, right? To stay connected with each other. And when we see that someone has let their guard down with you, you do feel like, okay, morally... Like I appreciate that, and I and I, I owe this person a genuine response, a genuine yeah. like connection. Or if it's not there, then it'll, it'll die out. But yeah, yes, definitely. Like with our human nature and the connection portion of it, when you are vulnerable with each other, you are able to undeniably, form bonds, yeah, yeah, undeniably form those connections. So plenty of nuggets, plenty <laughs> of knowledge shared in this episode. And coming full circle towards, you know, forming... (laughs) For you a thousand times over. (laughs) And, um... Read the book, guys. It's a good book. Very good book. Me and Amnit both feels, you know, that was amazing. 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 I mean, um, all of his books are really good. I, I've heard that in his book, um... Oh my gosh, what's it called? A Thousand Splendid Suns. Yes, A Thousand Splendid Suns. See, now I know. This time yes, I know. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> um, but I've, I've heard that book is a lot of people's favorite book. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I'm scared to read it because I don't want to like another book more than The Kite Runner. Mm-hmm. So I haven't read that book yet. What <laughs> an interesting like, reason. Yeah. <laughs> because so many people tell me, like, oh no, if you love The Kite Runner, you have to read this, you're yeah. going to love it. And I'm like, but no, The Kite Runner is the best one. So I'm scared to read it, but I'm definitely going to read it soon. Um, but... My my point was the author has really good books with a lot of deeper life lessons and a lot of reflection yeah, that you can definitely do. deep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Read some books, and if you if you want to read this book, yes. you know. So wonderful conversation. Thank you, Avneet, for coming and um, opening up and sharing your you know experiences and and your knowledge. So um, for the audience, thank you for listening. I hope this was a value. Look forward to connecting with you guys in future episodes. Definitely send your feedback. Any ideas that you would like to see in future episodes? Yes. And so, yeah, may we continue to grow, heal, in love, in, in grace. And, and and forgive me if I made a fool of myself. No, no. This is just my first not, rodeo. <laughs> I'm just warming say, up. No, it's um, very good, very good. Yeah, thank you. If I Just don't make fun of me if I embarrass myself a little. <laughs> it's okay to laugh, but don't tell me you're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> No, you were really good. It was a wonderful conversation. Thanks. I feel like Ego the audience. Boost. I feel like the audience. Say it again. Say it again. Wonderful conversation. <laughs> I feel like the audience will agree. Hopefully. And they'll be excited for another episode with you. So. Hopefully. Yes. Woo-hoo. I know it. All okay. Right. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye bye.